We thank you, Lord. You know, sometimes it's good. You know, we, we have our Wednesday night crew here tonight. Thank you, guys. We have our, y'all can be seated tonight. We have our Wednesday night crew here, and Wednesday night's usually the core. Everybody's in love with Jesus. It's leadership. And, you know, even, even those of us, you know, as we walk with the Lord all these years and, and we grow in maturity and we grow in our relationship, you know, we can even get in just the routine of being good Christians, right? We can even get in the routine of, of seeking Him. And sometimes we just got to say, okay, God, I'm sorry. I, 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 when's the last time I cried before you? When's the last time that I just got on my face and begged you that I would really know you? You know, when's the last time? Like, I don't want it to, I don't want to go through life and talk about two years ago all the time or, or, or six months ago. Like, I want to have a daily, regular refreshing of who he is in my life. Because without that, I just become Heather all over again. And I don't know about you, but I want to look more like Christ all the days of my life. Amen? Amen. So tonight we're going to continue on. It's the last night of taking a look at Holy Spirit, the promised one. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, I say keep this book around and read it at least once a year. Um, you know, every time we go back and we look at the Word and we look at the person of God, our Father, Jesus, our Savior, the Holy Spirit, um, it, it's made alive, fresh, and anew. And we can grow all the days of our life in all the aspects of who He is. Amen. But tonight, we're going to take a look at the awesome Trinity. And so 2 Corinthians 13, 14. We looked at this scripture once before, but it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. And you know, the Trinity is one of those things where we're really not going to understand the fullness of this mystery until we step over on the other side. But, we can look at glimpses. We can get glimpses of, of who the Trinity is, three in one, yet, yet in all individuals and who they are and what they provide for us as believers. And so that's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to take one glimpse of one aspect of the Trinity tonight. And the first aspect we're going to look at is Jesus. And um, that Jesus is the Word of God. The Bible says throughout Scripture that Jesus is the Word of God. John 1.1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we see the, Jesus always was. In the beginning, there was already what? God and Christ. In the beginning was the Word. So there always was God the Father and Jesus always in existence. They always were and they always will be. And so Jesus was the Word of God from the beginning, and the Word was with God and was Him. John 1.14 says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us and beheld, and we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And I want to read one more scripture here. Um, Revelation 19, starting in verse 11, it says, Now I saw the heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and he who sat on him was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire, and his head were many crowns. He had a name written that no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dripped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. 
And the armies in heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, followed him on white horses. So here, even in Revelation, we see Christ called the Word of God. And so we see from the beginning was, was Christ and always will be, even at the end of time as we know it, Christ will always be called the Word of God. I want to tie that together really quick with why it's so important in the aspect that Christ is the Word in, in relationship to the Trinity. Um, it's because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. We already read in John that, that Jesus is the glory of the Father. Um, and so Jesus displays the Father's glory, he displays his character, and he displays his nature. Um, let's go ahead to that first quote, and I'm going to keep going and try to explain it and tie it in. Um, it says, God's idea of himself is absolutely perfect and therefore is in an express and perfect image of him. So here, Jonathan Edwards in this quote is tying in that um, Jesus is God's idea of who, him, who he is. It's the exact representation of himself. So if God's idea of himself is absolutely perfect and therefore is in an express and perfect image of him, exactly like him in every respect, there is nothing in pattern but what is in representation, the substance, life, power, nor anything else, and that in a most absolute perfection of similitude, otherwise it is not a perfect idea. But that which is the express, perfect image of God, and in every respect like him, is God to all intents and purposes, because there is nothing wanting. There is nothing in the deity that renders it the deity, but what has something exactly answering it in this image, which will therefore also render that deity. And so John 14, 9 says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Why? Because Christ is the expression of God himself. What is a word but a vocalized, a vocalized expression of a thought or idea? So if we look at it that way, when you and I speak a word, where does that come from? We have some kind of thought or idea. Sometimes it's not a very smart thought or idea. But it's a thought or idea that comes out in words. And as we speak, we begin to paint a picture of something. You know, as you talk to a mom or dad, and they're going to speak, and it's going to paint pictures of their beautiful, perfect children that never do anything wrong, right? You speak to newlyweds, and it's the same thing about their spouses. Come on. Well, God, when God, began, when he would, um, if he would speak of himself, right, vocalize thoughts of himself would it, it is Christ himself the word the word of God the word of God made flesh and dwelt among us so Christ is the perfect representation of God himself the spoken word of God become flesh in Christ um, and so Christ displays what the glory of God the character of God and the nature of God if you've seen me you've seen the father he says that he didn't do anything except for what his father told him to do. So in, the, in his character, in his loving nature. You know, how often in scripture does it say that Christ was moved with compassion? 
how he stopped people and said, no, let the children come to me. How he told Peter, he said, get behind me, Satan. You think of his, his meekness, his love, his compassion, his humility, his boldness, his authority. When you think of all the complexities of who Christ was, that begins to show us pictures of the character and of the nature of God. So we've got our Heavenly Father expressing himself through words, the spoken word of God in Christ himself. And in Hebrews 1.3, yeah, my husband loves this one. Hebrews 1.3 says, Who, being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. The brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You know, if you and I could get close to the sun, if I have any science teachers in here know that I don't do science well, but if we could get close to the sun, you know, a kid's picture of it is what? Is this huge round ball, and it's going to be yellow. But if we got really close to it, it'd probably have some orange and some red, like some fire stuff happening in it. But, but it would be an actual substance, right? But we, however many light years or whatever away from the sun, still it's displayed the light from it, right? We still get the representation of what's happening in the sun here on earth. It provides light for us. It's the express image. It, it, it outshines from a substance. And that's Christ. That's a picture of Christ and the Father. Christ is an express image. It's the outshining of who God is. Does that kind of make any, kind of help give, it, give an example? And so we begin to look at the sun. To me, this verse becomes alive. Who bring the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. You know, we may not be able to, to, to truly see who God is on this side of heaven. But the closer you and I get to his son, you know, you and I will never touch the sun. S-U-N. But, but we can go into Hawaii. We can go to Louisiana or Florida. You know, my sister's in California right now in Pasadena. You know, and her pictures of her morning runs at 6 a.m., you know, are these bright, beautiful, beachy pictures. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, she's getting a taste of the sun over there right now. She's getting a taste of the beams, of the ray of light, the warmth that the sun provides. And, and, and it's the same thing with us with Christ is we get to know his loving kindness and his mercy and all that he provided for you and I at the cross and all that he gives us, we begin to feel the warmth and the love and the comfort of our heavenly father as he's the express image of him. This is a beautiful picture that I promise it took me a little, a little bit to comprehend a couple years ago. Another way of looking at it is that Jesus is the manifestation of the Father's thought or idea of himself. Now taking that a little further, if we see that the word always was in existence and the word is an expressed image of the Father, the word Christ always was, the Father always was. And what have we talked about all throughout these weeks that Jesus said, hey, don't go anywhere till you receive what? The promise of the Father. Yes, power from on a high. But promise of the Father. And we talked about that being what? The eternal covenant. The eternal covenant that there always was a plan between God the Father and Jesus the Son for what? 
that we might know his love. That we might know his love, the perfect love that God has for his son. The perfect love that his son has for him is displayed how? It's manifested to you and I by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5, 5 says the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so um, here we're going to take a look at, at both Jonathan Edwards and C.S. Lewis's interpretation of this. And it, why? Because it, it creates a picture. You know, all of us, um, we learn differently. You know, some people are going to learn um, hands-on. Some people are going to learn audibly. Some people are going to learn by pictures. And so we, we pull all these quotes and these pictures to help people that learn differently, to help us take a different look at the possibilities of who God is. So we're going to take a look at C.S. Lewis and Jonathan Edwards. But first, I want to look at Matthew 3.16. And it says, When he had been baptized, Jesus came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. How long do you think our Heavenly Father waited for that moment? For him to just say, this is my beloved son. This is the one that said, no, I'll go. I'll go on behalf of all mankind, Dad, that they might know our love. This begins to give us a picture of the, of the Father's, the beautiful love that he has for his son, Jesus. Proverbs 8, 30 and 31 says, Then I was beside him as a master craftsman, talking about Christ beside his father, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. And so here, let's go ahead to that, that Edwards quote, and we'll talk about it a little bit. It says, God's love is primarily to himself. Now, this is very hard for many to wrap our heads around. But, 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 it, but God's delight is himself. And, and he takes great joy in, in himself and in us get, knowing him. Um, and his infinite, del, infinite delight is in himself, in the Father and the Son, and being well pleased in the Son, and the Son loving the Father. The father takes great delight that the son is a part of himself. He takes great pleasure in who the son is, what the son came to do, how the son came to accomplish it. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He is taking, do you see there? He's taking delight in and of himself as he takes delight in Christ. In the infinite love and delight that is between these two persons consist of the infinite happiness of God. Now you think about it. God is love. He is perfect. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing in and of himself. Jesus, the Word of God, God the Father, had no need of creation. He had infinite delight in and of himself, was able to sustain himself and be joyful in that. And there was no need for anything else. 
but yet he still created. There is an infinite delight, an infinite beauty there. Is this where I go? Okay. Tony's keeping me on track. Then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. And therefore, seeing the scriptures signifies that the Spirit of God is the love of God. Therefore, it follows that Holy Spirit proceeds from or is breathed forth from the Father and the Son in some way or other infinitely above all of our conceptions. As the divine essence entirely flows out and is breathed forth in infinitely pure love and sweet delight from the Father and the Son. And this is that pure river of water of life that proceeds out of the throne of the Father and the Son. As we read at the beginning of the chapter of Revelations, for Christ himself tells us that by the water of life or living water is meant the Holy Ghost. So we're going to read the next quote that I'm going to tie it all together, I promise. Jonathan Edwards can be a little hard to read. But it starts, it says, um, go to the C.S. Lewis. That in Christianity, God is not a static thing, but a dynamic, pulsating activity, a life, almost a kind of drama. Almost, if you will think, if you will not think me irreverent, a kind of dance. The union between the Father and the Son is such a live, concrete thing that this union itself is also a person. I know this is almost inconceivable, but look at it thus. You know that among human beings, when we get together in a family or a club or a trade union, people talk about the spirit of that family or club or trade union. They talk about its spirit because the individual members, when they are together, do really develop particular ways of talking and behaving, which they would not have if they were apart. It is as if a sort of communal personality came into existence. Of course, it's not a real person. It is only rather like a person. But that is just one of the differences between God and us. What grows out of the joint life of the father and son is a real person. It is, in fact, the third of the three persons who are God. That is the beauty of the Trinity, that you can't separate them. You know, and, you know, and, and again, y'all, this is one aspect, one glimpse of the person uh, of the Trinity. It's one little glimpse of it, but it's the beauty, the beauty behind it that makes us take a look at them um, differently than we've ever looked at them, but want to get to know them, want to get to know the different aspects of them and realize that there's so much more of who, the, who he is available to you and I. The Holy Spirit is not some hooky, hocus-pocus, hooky, blooby-jooby, far-out-there, scary thing to make people freaked out about. It is birthed out of the love our Heavenly Father has for his Son. And now this love that the Son has for the Father. Can you imagine all of us have, have, have someone that we call Father in life? At some point, there was someone that, and did we ever, were we ever asked to do something that was crazy? That we were like, no, I don't want to do that for whatever reason. But there were things and times in life where we just began to say, I'll do whatever, whatever, whatever. I think you're crazy, but I'm going to do it anyway. Whatever out of love and without, what out of honor. 
How much more does that help us wrap our heads around the infinite love that Christ had for his daddy God? That, yeah, dad, I'll go down to that earth. I'll let them beat me. I'll let them spit on me. I'll let them mock me. Not only that, but I will take upon the sin of every person of all creation that ever has been or ever will be on myself, and you can judge me on their behalf. That's how much he loves his dad and how much he loves you and I. And when you begin to think and, and go through the scriptures of who you and I know God as and who you and I know Jesus as, and begin to take that love and begin to understand that that love is given out by the Holy Ghost. He is calling all of us. The cross was so much more than just so our sins could be forgiven so we could go to heaven. It was so that you and I might know him, might know him in this infinite love that he has for us, that we might walk in the fullness that he's given to us for this life. And so we say, come. We say, come. The spirit and the bride cry, come, come. Edwards talked about how the, the, the scripture clearly talks about that the river of the water of life in Revelation is the Holy Ghost. The river, it is the love, the expression of love himself poured out from the throne of God for you and I. You know, remember the first time we came, one of the first times we came in, I came up here at some point and talked about Revelation 22 and how from the throne of God's a river and about a quarter of the people jumped right in the river with me and three quarters looked at me like I was some crazy girl from Louisiana. But the reality of it doesn't change. He is forever sitting at the right hand of the throne of Daddy God. Can you imagine can you imagine that intercession, that love bond between him, father and son, for you and I right now? Knowing all of the things in our lives, all the things that are to come. And he's pouring out his love to the father on our behalf. He's covering us in prayers. But not only that, he's sitting there pouring out his love. Offering his love to every believer. From the throne of God is a river, clear as crystal, the river of life flowing over you and I. If that river is the love of God, my friends, why are we hiding from the Holy Ghost? Why would anyone think we're crazy? I get I'm a wild child. I like to have fun. I don't want a boring life. But that has nothing to do with the Holy Ghost. What we tell you is true. It's more real than the stage I'm standing on. Everything we're preaching and teaching about the Holy Spirit and the person of the love of God, the express image of his love is real. It's tangible. It's offered to you and I today. And he says, will you come? Will you accept it? Will you wait for the promise of the Father? Will you open your heart to my love? Or are we so hard-hearted that we have to have all the answers? Because what we don't realize is, is we say, I'm born again, check, that's good. God uses me, I'm fine. Which, yes, I have been told that. Don't need any more, I'm good. 
You're cutting off your nose. It's like telling your spouse, yeah, I'll wear the ring, I'll sign the paper, but don't ever give me a kiss. Don't ever hold my hand, don't ever tell me I'm beautiful. Don't, just, just stay right there. That's good enough. As long as I got the paper that says I'm yours, I'm good. But that's not marriage. And that's not our relationship with our Father in heaven. There's so much more offered by the love, the express image of his love, the person of the Holy Spirit. So let's take a look at a couple of scriptures. Revelation 22.1 says, He showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Revelation 22.17 says, The Spirit and the bride say, Come, come. And let him who hears say, Come. And let him who thirsts, come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty for more of him? Are you hungry? Are you hungry to know him? Are you hungry to experience what the Bible has to offer, what Christ himself paid for? Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Are you tired of just mere Christianity? Are you tired of just doing the deeds? Are you tired of punching the clock? Are you tired of year after year passing and seeing nothing change? Someone on Facebook said the other day, what is your, we all have different meanings of words and stuff, so what would your explanation of revival be? Oh my God, that the heavens are rent. That the heavens are rent and that this city is changed. That North Hill High or whatever you call it, that those kids aren't going out and boozing it up. That they're coming to church. That our doors are filled with people coming in because they're getting born again. That bars are having problems. That hospitals are having problems. Why? Because the Spirit of God is moving. Because Christ is being preached and glorified. That's revival. Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? As we begin, begin to get hungry for more of Him. That God, I've got, I can't go on just living the normal drum drum of life, but I've got to see your kingdom them come oh yeah can you lay hands on that person on the side of the street it's not about you or I it's not about if I pray the right words or I say it in the right way it's about oh there's a river clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna reach out I'm gonna step in and I'm gonna reach out it's about that new person coming in off the south the um, out of the streets and coming in in church and sitting by themselves and you saying hey how's it going I'm so glad to see you today. What's your name? And all of a sudden, you're reaching out and you're bringing that brother or sister into the family, not just into the pew, but into the family of God. There's a river clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God. You can't tell me you're a Christian filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and the love of God and walk around like a mean old fool. Because, oh, you can't tell me that. I just want to go... Why? Because the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. I can't handle 
the broken and the hurting not being touched, not being loved. Is it because I'm such a good person? No, I'm selfish just like everybody else. But the love of God compels me. The love of God compels me. That's revival, changing our very being, changing our very being that we can't help but be Christ's hands and feet to the community around us. Grace, y'all want to come on up? Whew. Revelation 22:20. 20. He who testifies to these things says, surely I'm coming quickly. And what do we say? Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Lord, we just, we just want you, whether you come back for us today or whether you pour forth your spirit Lord come quickly come quickly I can't go on the same I can't go on the same why don't you stand with me tonight I can't go on the same I want to know this trinity I want to know this third person of the trinity I want to know it not just in my head but I want to know it in experience I want to know the love of God poured out in my heart by the Holy Spirit. I want to know because my life is affected. It's changed by the power of God's love.